0: Down by the river, down by the river, we took a little walk, we took a little walk. I'm going to tell you a story. A Dirty down Water down. Sports presents the Down by the River podcast with your hosts, Tim Delacio and Paul Testa.
1: Let's Let's go go, Red Sox! Sox. Let's Let's
0: go go, Red Sox! Hello and welcome to episode number 14 of Down by the River, a weekly podcast covering the Boston Red Sox from the folks at Dirty Water Sports. I'm Tim Deloisio. He's Paul Testa. And and, and Paul, I want to tell a little story to start today's episode.
1: Oh, story time with Tim.
0: Story time. I guess it's a story. Um, So, my daughters listen to a lot of Disney radio, Right. (laughs)
1: So So do I. I.
0: (laughs) It's like today's top 40 countdown. Um, So, Red Sox, clearly a little hot, cold, hot, cold. Um, There's a song now, Paul. I don't know if you've heard it. It goes, I hate you. I love you. I love that I hate you. I hate that I love you. That's on Disney. That sounds terrible. Well, this is officially how I feel about this Boston Red Sox team. I hate you. I love you. I hate that I love you. These guys are... Uh, are officially confounding, right? Beginning of the season, hitting, hitting wonderfully, can't pitch, falling in love with this team. Uh, Middle of the season, can't pitch, can't hit, hating, hating this team. Uh, Then starting to pitch, not hit. Not sure if I'm loving or hating this team. Uh, All I know is uh, I don't know what to think about this team anymore. And I guess given that we're going to spend the next hour analyzing that, it's not a great place to start the show, Paul.
1: But it was a hell of a story.
0: Yeah, it wasn't really. It was more of an anecdote than story yeah. time, but I do what I can.
1: No, um, I mean, it, it, it's a frustrating team. It's a frustrating season. Um, you know, one of the things I heard today, you know, sit, sit, we did the show with Jared um, right at the end of May or it was beginning of June. It was right before everything fell apart. So thanks a lot, Jared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we did this show. M- Mookie had just hit three home runs. That's Things right. were flying yeah. high. Since that, they lost that game.
0: <laughs> they, they did, and yeah. they, they were about to. Sh- they looked like they were going to sweep the uh, Orioles and be like right. five up, right?
1: So since that show, twenty nine and thirty one, two games under five hundred. Um, that we've been stuck in mediocrity for two months. Um, and you know
0: what's amazing about it, Paul, is
1: that is that in that period
0: there was a stretch where we went what 16
1: and 5 yeah before the all-star break and after the all-star yeah. break so it, so i
0: mean if you if you if you look at we've had two really bad stretches and one really good stretch that's made mediocrity in that we can't even be mediocre consistently paul
1: exactly i mean and i mean then you know things are flying high things are going great you lose two to minnesota which is inexcusable you need to take three out of four out of that. I mean Minnesota's the worst team in baseball. Then you get swept by the Tigers. Then which, you go which out it looks on the a road. little
0: bit better now than it did at the time, to be honest, now that now that they've won eight in a oh, row and are climbing yeah. the standing. So like Well they but, lost today. So. Okay, lost today. But you but basically you you could say that you gave them life in the wild card race and then they outpaced you, right? So that makes it even doubly worse.
1: Right. And then you go out to Anaheim and you Really should have lost three out of four, or um, you
0: could say you should have won three out of one, four.
1: <laughs> technically, yeah, you could, but I mean, just the bats have just been dead silent. You go, and then you go to Seattle, and it it's has been a little bit of a nightmare there. Um, it seems snake bitten is is a term used a lot. I don't know what it is, but actually, I think you know. I I know what it is, but it, you, it, you you know. <laughs> you are quite the prognosticator,
0: call Paul. <laughs> right. I, I think you called. Um. I, what two shows ago I, I asked for some predictions for the second half of the season, and one of yours was uh, that Andrew Benintendi would be up before September. Check mark, right? But what was your what was your other prediction there?
1: That John Farrell will be fired by September first. Which things keep going. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I mean, I. I think they lose tonight. You have reason to fire him to go in, into L.A. because that's going to be such an important series. You lose um, two or three to L.A. It, and you have Monday <laughs> off. There, they, There's no way he makes it. I mean, I, I just don't see how it is. This team, um, whether or not it is his fault, they're not responding to him. But uh, did you, did you, was, you
0: see Porcello
1: left, leaning into
0: him in the dugout?
1: Right. Yeah, basically. I'm not coming out of the game Which is a a little disrespectful It's a lot disrespectful but John Farrell also Would say I like my pitchers To want the ball and all that stuff But We're not privy to the conversation we don't even know Maybe John Farrell said I'm sending you out there And he was like no I'm done
0: (laughs) Wouldn't that be great everyone's thinking it's one way And then it's totally the opposite
1: Yeah and so he goes out there And he pitches a nine pitch like eighth inning Which was uh, crazy Uh, But again, like those are things I would say overall, if you look at the Francona years were things you didn't see and I've been trying to like put wrap my hand head around it. And, and it, there's just something about John Farrell to me as an observer that doesn't it like the players love Terry Francona. Yeah. That's what I would say. It oh, doesn't absolutely. Mean the players, like he's just a boss. Like that's kind of like how I look at it. Yep. Like, you know, the, they, if they're having fun with a coach, it's with Torrey. It's it's not with – but it was always with Francona. And you know, I, I don't even want to get on that. The Red Sox let the let the best front office guy walk out the door and fire the, 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 the best manager in the team's history. But we are where we are, and I don't think John Farrell is the guy for the job. And it seems – and then you can go back to the two games you have in Anaheim. He doesn't let David Price go out uh, for the ninth. And they lose that game. Yep. Uh, you could easily, like, you can't fault him for taking them out. It, it just seems like when he has to make a decision, he makes the wrong one.
0: Well, I mean, isn't that the thing? It's like yeah. it, it, it's every time he's faced with, yeah. You let know, even when he makes the decision you're supposed to make, it, it backfires. It backfires. Like bringing in, you know, the the, uh, the acquisition at the deadline there, uh, a, a bad.
1: No, that right. that see, I put that entirely on John Farrell. It, 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 Tim, how many new jobs have you started in your life? And, and this is a new job, Fair even point. though he is a relief pitcher. You but first you time you walk But you the
0: exact in, situation that he was brought here to, to, to be in? Like you,
1: I don't think that's the first situation you put the guy in. I I, I that is a poor. First of all, Terry Francona never would have done that. He would have eased the guy in. You don't you put right? him on two guys on. With Robinson Cano, one of the best hitters in but the he's, game, he's
0: he's he's traditional. I forget the numbers against Cano. I, he's done very well against Cano. Like you don't have a you don't have a better option.
1: Your you heart know? is racing. It's a new situation. It's a new team. It's you want to impress. You get you get tighter. You, you in my fair, opinion, uh, you just uh, don't do it. I mean,
0: look, I I, I understand he, those things happen, but I so, I still so, think. But
1: I, that's the thing, though. Now you. I don't even – You can't. I, I, hopefully you didn't ruin the guy. I don't think you're going to ruin the guy. But you just – you put him in a situation, a very high leverage situation in his first appearance with the Red Sox, yep. and he let his all his teammates down. Yep. And that a guy carries that with him instead Definitely. of putting him in there with a four-run lead or down four runs and just letting him get used to it. And, didn't and, they
0: do that with Ziggler? I mean like I, th- I think they, they eased Ziggler in, didn't they? First couple they, outings were yeah.
1: They, well, they had Koji for a little bit. Yeah, uh, you Pretty know. So yeah, it, it. I just thought it was a. I thought that was a poor decision to to put him in that situation against. I don't care how good his numbers are against Robinson. Cano, you, no. you Robinson Cano can hit a home run, and if you hang a curveball because you're tight, which he did, it's going to get hit four hundred feet, which it did.
0: I, I'll put this squarely in the no matter what decision whether he makes a good or bad decision it ends up with a bad result right like right. that's that's, right. that's where we're at with so Luka you have David price
1: honestly. at 89 pitches right yeah. you know yeah send him out to the eighth but then also you can look at it in retrospect and be like well it's the eighth inning you know you have a bullpen like you have these guys why not why don't you just use them or maybe when after he gives up the home run like why wasn't why wasn't someone ready in the bullpen to come in if he did give up a home run right off the bat. Instead, no, we're trying to get someone warmed up, and he gives up three more singles.
0: And, and I'll tell you, if if you make good decisions most of the time, when you make those bad decisions, they they don't come back to you know to the forefront of conversation. When you make a lot of bad decisions, each decision you make that goes wrong is gonna get talked about. You cannot hide, you know, like you know. I, well, I guess also in this market, look, Bill Belichick makes one. Odd decision on fourth and two, you know what? How many years ago now? Oh, <laughs> and yeah, years ago, and it's still talked about on a regular basis.
1: So. Or, in the, or the or the drop kick or whatever that kickoff <laughs> was yeah. this year. You know, like I mean, yeah, this is a, <laughs> they, they do get talked about, but I mean, these are things that just it's been going on all year. It's, yeah. it's been going on since 2003. It's been going on since he let Brandon Workman bat in a World Series game. Like, I mean these <laughs> these are decisions that are just mind numbing and to, to You don't have a lot to do as an American League manager. We already know he screws up. This weekend in in L.A. is going to be hysterical because there's going to be four or five decisions that just make you go, what are you doing? Uh, well, is,
0: isn't the first already at the forefront with with Hanley's little day-to-day falling down the stairs injury, and will David Ortiz yeah. play first base on you know two busted Achilles and then blow one out?
1: <laughs> I'll tell you what. If David Ortiz goes out and plays first base, um, that's a fireable offense right there. Like that's, it's just, it's just, you can't, you can't allow it. Like, I, don't, I know you, don't you
0: call up Yoan Mankata and put him in thir- at, at third at, before you do that?
1: <laughs> yeah. And you put Shaw over at first. Yeah. I mean, that's, honestly, that's what you do. Um, it's, it's crazy to even think about, but yeah, these will be the, the type of decisions that, that just make you shake your head. Like we're going to see this weekend, like with the bullpen alignment, the double switches, yeah. you, you can't handle it. But in, these are American League games, and he still can't do it. Like, it's it's the eighth inning. Like, your pitcher's at 89. You just throw him out there, and you don't have someone warming in the bullpen behind him just in case something happens. Like, to me, that's common sense.
0: Well, I'll tell you, the, the, I think for me, um, and I've said this before uh, on previous shows, is I don't think Farrell is Dombrowski's guy next year or, the, or, 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 you know, for the foreseeable future, right? Like, if they don't make the playoffs this year, Farrell gets canned in the offseason, right?
1: Sure. If they lose like, the playing game, he yeah, gets uh, king. Yeah, so
0: <laughs> if, 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 I think there's, it's it's more than li- more likely than not that John Farrell is not with this team next year. Uh, right. Given that, so let me ask you this. why do you
1: keep him this year? Exactly. exactly. Like, there's no reason. I, and, and I guess, I don't know. I you, keep, I you keep him this year so that he goes to the ALCS and you're forced to keep him next year? Like, you don't want that. Like, it's clear. Like, I'm expecting Jim Leland to be named... The bench coach to Tori Lovello. like, like I'm like, because it, he's slowly putting in all these different pieces, and it's just like, I mean, I just like expect John like John to be like, what the hell, yeah, uh, t- yeah, you know, like it, it's clear that he's not he's not the guy that he wants, like at least that's what I think. And I don't they, know how you could read it
0: any other way except for so this. Why
1: are you giving him an out that you have to keep him for next year? It makes no sense well, to me. Well, you can well do more importantly, you want this year, Paul. It, if Tory's not your guy, then bring in Jim Jim Leland for the last six weeks. I, I mean, I think it's been pretty clear
0: that um, we both believe that John Farrell is not going to win you extra games coming down the stretch. He's not going to be the reason that you make the playoffs, right? right? He could be the reason you miss them, but he will not be the reason that you get there. Once again, why is he still here? It's just that, like, it is it. it it's <laughs> almost like the... co- it's common courtesy. It's like you know, I don't know what like what game they're playing, but when you have Lavula there, it 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 makes me question whose call this is. It. it is it Dombrowski's? Is it John Henry's? Is it like it, it is. Does Dombrowski have full autonomy to let John Farrell go right now? Is someone protecting him?
1: I don't know if that. I don't know if he does. Like, uh, I I would think that he does, but I would think maybe also from ownership he kind of has. We really don't want to fire this guy. Um, I don't know why, but I think. Yeah, that might I, be I don't know either. I, it's the same <laughs> people. I mean, well, I mean, I already mentioned. You know, you fired the best manager in the history of, uh, of the game uh, that essentially made who's soon to be the greatest executive ever at 40 years old. Yep. Uh, when Chicago wins a World Series in the next couple of years, because they're stacked and built, uh, made that person quit. Essentially, he wanted out once he had to get rid of his guy, which was Tito. Yep.
0: Um. Speaking of Dombrowski, real quick, uh, let, let's kind of go back to our last show. Was right before leading up to the trade deadline. Um, I, I think that day kind of played out exactly like we thought it would, or, or maybe in 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 my opinion, played out the way that I'd hoped it would. Right, a yeah. minor tweak. Don't rock the boat. Like we, this team is not good enough to go and and spend Benintendi and Moncada. Like, it just right. wasn't. So the sale or you know, I, I think more quietly, the Quintana stuff was probably where um, the Red Sox were fishing more than sale. I just, that's my well, gut. That he I, was less I, available. That, that's that's how, that, that's my gut on this for some reason. I don't know why, but I, 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 that's how I felt.
1: You know, I, <laughs> we talk about the overvaluing of prospects and, uh, I mean, if it was two years ago, it was Henry Henry Owens, if, and then it was Casey Kelly. It was back to Lars was, Anderson. Lars Anderson, right? So, <laughs> so who needs Mark Deshara? I mean, right. Yeah, we have Lars Anderson. Although we did have JJ Redick and JJ <laughs> Redick, Josh Redick.
0: <laughs> My man, damn, J. J. you, JJ. Damn,
1: damn you. <laughs> we did have Josh Reddick and we, him, and he couldn't hack it. He was and you know he was another prospect that flamed out. And look at him now. Yep. But the thing that was scary about the wholesale thing. And even if it was Quintana or whoever it was, you were going to give up, at, at the least, you were giving up Benatendi. I, I, I'm convinced that, like, Moncada was never really, like, they were like, we're not trading Moncada And so people made a good point. They invested a lot of money in him intact. I mean, did. it was like $65 million, you know, that has been invested in him. Yep. Yep. Um, I
0: mean, they put 100 and something in the Rosny Castillo, though, so. Right. Or 70 yeah, 70. 70 But, yeah.
1: But I kept fearing that, Dombrowski was going to do something, like, because, and I, I feared that he was going
0: to really make that statement that he was who we thought he was, right? Like, over the offseason, he made the statements that we thought he might. This was the chance for him to to live up to his billing. And he, he, he tempered himself.
1: Yeah, which is is a good thing because I, I don't care what it I mean I, again I, I've said it before I think Chris Sale is a, is a Tommy John waiting to happen over the next three years, so you're gonna lose him for a year, uh, and you're gonna give up two everyday players for someone that's gonna pitch 31 times for right. you for in a year. Uh, I did not I was I was very hesitant about that. Now if they could have done something around Ben Benatendi, maybe added you know Henry Owens in there and. Uh, Who's the guy that's blocked? Um, Devers. Now. Devers, yeah. Uh, and did something like that. I would have been okay with it. I, I could I could have dealt with it. But when I kept hearing that it was Mancada and Benintendi, I was just like, please don't do it. Please don't do it. And and because again, I don't think this year this team is built to win. They they're pretty snake bin Like the bullpen yeah. is hurt. The you know everyone seems like I mean.
0: We talked about it in the pre-show, Paul. Uh, Felger and Maz, and and Mike Felger specifically, uh, talking about... (laughs) (laughs) Talking about the... um, Just uh, our perception of this team and the expectations of being a playoff team. Are they... Should they be considered a playoff team? Should it be a disappointment if this team doesn't make the playoffs? Uh, And and are they over or underachieving? Um, Felger... You know, to you know, to his uh, uh, true to, to his consistent <laughs> way of looking, said these guys are underachieving, right? And his logic was he didn't give them enough credit heading into the season. Um, I w- I think you can argue that this team A is overachieving expectations. Expectations should be adjusted, and this team should be make should make the playoffs, right? And if they don't, then they've underachieved, right? Based on that. Adjustment. I think that's well, probably the a more accurate made, way right? to say it.
1: So you have an all-star closer. Yep. You have Rick Porcello that's going to get Cy Young votes. You yep. have Stephen Wright that was talked about as being a Cy Young for a while, um, and you have David Price underachieving. You have an all-star in right field.
0: Yep.
1: You have an all-star in center field. Yep. Uh, you have an all-star at shortstop.
0: All-star DH.
1: An all-star at DH,
0: near all-star at second. And now, and
1: by the way, all those people are going to receive MVP votes. Yep. Every single one of them is going to receive some sort of MVP vote. And then you have Pedroia, who wasn't an all-star, but is playing at a level higher than he has the last three years. I would say two to three years at yep. least. Um, and you're you're behind the Baltimore Orioles. You're behind the Toronto Blue Jays, and you're. T- in a statistical tie for the second wild card right now, you should be much better than where you are.
0: If you look at, you know, a bunch of the, uh, on baseball prospectus, they have uh, first order winning percentage, second order winning percentage, all these different things to, you know, adjusted standings based on, you know, how you should be doing as opposed to how you are doing. And if you look at those, and I don't quite get the math or the science behind it, except to say it's all based on, Run, run, differential, and Pythagorean theory—all you know, the, all that kind of stuff—that um, the Red Sox are or should be uh, in those adjusted standings are in first place in the AL East, meaning they are underperforming the results that they put on the field in terms of wins and losses. If that makes sense, that, it does. Like, and and I think that's pretty apparent. Now we were well, trying I mean, this to is talk a
1: team about that how many games, like. 9 to 8 or 10-8 yeah, I mean there's They're been like, the t- times when the pitching has ha, ha, yeah. has
0: failed the, you yeah. know there's been obviously times when the when you know the the hitting has failed I mean, this team seems pretty snake bit with the bases loaded and no one out like how many times have they come out of that with one or no runs um it it so if we say that that they should be for for a lot of reasons that I guess they they should be leading the al east I, I mean i i can understand where you could say they're they're underachieving right based right. on that um as a team and overachieving as individuals
1: that's a fair statement um and who's in charge of the team
0: what john farrell right <laughs> but isn't that i mean like don't we come back to is not that a pretty damning statement um to to somebody that this team has individuals that are consistently overachieving at catcher with Sandy Leon at first. I mean, like look, Henry Ramirez might not be overachieving, but he could be a lot worse. <laughs> and he was last year, right? So you could well, he, and he, and he
1: certainly over the last month has, uh, yeah, has changed. I mean, they, there was a big stretch there that it, it sucked, but I mean he is coming around.
0: Yeah. Like Which, I think you can, you can the only underperforming
1: position right? Now would be um, third base. Travis Shaw. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean the, the 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 Aaron Hill, Travis Shaw, whatever combination um, is just waiting for Yoen Moncada to to get some at bat, uh, some some time at third, and and we thought Benettini might be the September call up that sticks. Well, it might be Moncada, Paul.
1: Could very well be, but the, you know, I mean, are they going to be playing in October? That's the question.
0: <laughs> but, you know, and I think this is where. Uh, Once again, to fall back on the the Tony Maz and and Mike Felger conversation from today is um, Tony kept piping back. Well, David Price, David Price, David Price, right? Right. And, And to be fair, yeah, David Price has dramatically underachieved. 11 and 12 in his games is unacceptable as a team. Like they should, you know, and I'll put this on the offense the last couple games where he's pitched, you know, well enough to win. Um and the offense. Four nothing going there. into
1: the 8, though he should he should have nailed that down. That like I don't bl- I don't blame him necessarily. He pitched a great game. There's another person that's been snake bin. Yes. Like it seems like if a guy just, he just needs a, He just needs he's a, gonna be, a he to be he's going to be a different pitcher year or two yeah. with the Red Sox. I'm not worried about him in that aspect. Like this is going to be a bust for seven years. Um, but what I am worried about is is it just seems like. The guy can't catch a break. Like,
0: it's, he it it's, really can't. Like right it, now, it, he's it, he has eight, not. Caught it's more. nine
1: pitches, four hits. You yeah. know, like it's it happens so fast with him that when he loses it, uh, but you can you can complain as much as you want about that eighth inning and how he didn't nail it down, but you can't forget about the first seven innings when he was just painting and yep. pitching unbelievable. Uh, and that's I mean, and then just to quickly hop on Fairly like, explain. You call up Ben This is like another thing like Terry Francona never did. You call up Ben and you sit him today against a lefty when there's two more lefties coming up. And this guy's the easiest lefty out of all of them. And Ben hit lefties better than he's hit righties throughout his minor league career. I Small sample sizes, I get it. But why is that guy not – why is Bryce Brents in the lineup and not him? It's a Benintendi good question. Three days? Well,
0: I, I think you are because – it was yeah. it was call, i mean look that that there's three lefties in a row is one thing but you know it was made pretty clear upon call up right like i thought it was interesting how emphatically it was stated when he was called up he is our starter against right-handed pitching right it wasn't he'll be in the mix he'll be like it was a it was a very but who specific that
1: decision? so let's think about that is that is that a frarrell decision or is that i think that's
0: a, i i think Dabrowski says um or the baseball ops team tells Dabrowski he's ready. Let's bring him up, right? And Dabrowski says, "Let's put him. You know, let, let's put him in the best chance to succeed." And right. you know, we want to give him a very finite role, um, and we want to make it substantial. Like, we don't want to bring him up and then have him um, be part of a three-headed monster, right? Like, we want him to own his space, mm-hmm. right? So, right-handed pitchers pitching. You're the starter.
1: Okay. See, I always thought that the the, the front office provides the players and the manager. Oh. The, and I know that I know I think this, I a, more I it, think this
0: is a, a joint decision to some degree, but I also think this well, is a unique a circumstance, decision. right? Like this is. I, a pretty... I, it's a,
1: no, it's a poor decision because they have the data in front of them yep. to be able to make and. I think the worst thing you want to do with someone that you just called up is have him sit for three days. I mean, first of all, the well, first, look, game, it, absolutely. first game he sits, yeah. then he plays. I mean, he comes in as a pinch hitter, then but, he plays. But,
0: Paul, you don't, you don't think that
1: – Now he's going three get, days?
0: He's going to get – if he doesn't start, he'll get two at-bats each game.
1: Yeah. I it's mean, just, with the, it's, especially me, in the National
0: League because, you've, you know, you've got more double switches, you've got more, you know – uh, rotation around like I he'll, he'll get plenty of at-bats even if he doesn't start over these games so I don't think that because he's not starting um, is as damning as it would be if it was like at Fenway for example um, and you got three lefties coming in then maybe it's more important to get him one of those games
1: maybe I don't it's me it just it's one of those things that it, again Farrell is consistent on this again like okay well barnes just fired like a 97 mile an hour fastball by a guy why not have barnes face canal like you why are you not why are you going you go into the righty lefty and you put your lefty that you just acquired in the in a very high leverage situation it's these are the things that drive me nuts it's like everything yes you should follow like certain things but you don't have to you can a good manager goes with their gut and like at times and, and, and makes these decisions. And uh, I think when you're looking at someone that I think consistently through his minor league career is batted about 320 against left-handed pitching and about 297 against right-handed pitching can look at that data and say, well, I don't really want this guy to sit three days in a row, but Casimir's been a, pretty much a veteran and Rich Hill's been pitching light. It's out. We'll sit him two and get him um, some at-bats there, but I want him to play today. I think that's a normal decision to make.
0: I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't argue if they had made that decision. I I I just go back to how emphatically it was said what his role was going to be and yeah. then to um if you go back on that statement and start him against the lefty what does that do to the people that you're going to have start most games against lefties? Right? Oh, we like, don't want to kill
1: Bryce now... Francis' confidence. Well, no th- way. I think
0: <laughs> I, I think that you, you you do need to look at the other side of the coin. Like they, if you're if you're gonna, the the other thing you could do is not be emphatic about what the role is going to be. Right? right. Like just you know you don't need to say he's going to be our everyday starter against right-handed pitching, mm-hmm. right. You could just say he's, yeah, and then then that gives you the flexibility, I think, to to do what you want. But I think once you put something out in stone like that, I think, yeah, that means that you, that's what you're going to do. I think you said it to me on the last show, when Dabrowski does, says something. Right. He does it. Right. Right? And I don't know, I don't remember if the quote came from Dabrowski or Farrell, but I think it came from Dabrowski about what his role would be. I don't remember
1: the quote, but I I trust that it was said in, um. I mean it certainly we'd have no reason to doubt you. I uh, but I, I, I couldn't tell you who said it. it. Sounds to me more like a feral statement.
0: <laughs> well, that's just cuz you think it's wrong.
1: Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> um So looking forward here, Paul. You Is it going to be more of the same for the for the rest of the season? I mean is this kind of just the ride that we're in for at this point? Well, I mean,
1: what do we we got I don't even know what it is like. We got these games, and then we have a day off, right? We have Monday off coming back from the West Coast, and then it's like another whole. It's so many games, so many games on the road. Lots um, of games on the road.
0: Now it was against, you know, a, 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 um, I, I forget what the record of those road games was, well below 500. But Seattle and, and Anaheim were included in that mix, right? And you burned through those without taking advantage of weaker teams on the road. So. Right. Yeah, you know, that said, I, I I don't, I don't know.
1: We have a big stretch coming up against Baltimore. I think we have nine games against Baltimore in a matter of like twenty days. And that's going like to be that. the, that's going to yeah. be
0: the difference maker, isn't it? I mean, at the end of the day, no matter w- what happens, you've got so we've got um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the Dodgers. Monday off. Yankees in town for three. Diamondbacks in town for three. Then a makeup game on the Monday yeah, against clearly. the Indians, right? And then, then you go the... two in Baltimore, and then four in Detroit. Right. I mean that that seems like the road trip that's going to define the season at this point, don't you think?
1: It's just a lot of travel. There's a lot. So, and then you have, and then you have Detroit, right? If you if yeah, you, you look get at the yeah. No, but if you look at Detroit's schedule, who we're fighting now for the second. Wild card spot. Yep. If you even take that into consideration, they have a lot of games at home over this stretch. Like this is just it's. That's why I say like.
0: But then uh, just playing this out a little bit though. After you get through that, that I mean that road trip at at Cleveland for one, Baltimore for two, Detroit for four. I mean that's killer. And, and but that's the like, that's right against the meat of the competition. But then you get a really nice break. I mean, listen to the teams that. That, that come out next. Four in Tampa Bay. Three mm-hmm. at home against Kansas City. Three at home against the Rays. At Oakland for three. At the Padres for three. I mean, that's one yeah. of those like, that they could go, if, if they can get through that tough stretch, gain game, some games back, there's a stretch to build momentum before you start to head into Toronto, Baltimore, Yankees, Baltimore, raise Yankees ball I mean it's all ALEs after that right right so like I don't know that that stretch that homestand I mean that uh, that road trip seems to me where this season's going to be won or lost
1: or I would say in contention or out of contention like because I mean I don't don't think you're going to win it no no but
0: you could play yourself out
1: yeah you can play yourself out yeah um because that 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 September again, I mean, with to, I mean, just Toronto and Baltimore. I don't care if you throw the Rays and the Yankees in there. Um, you're playing Toronto and Baltimore. You're competing against those guys, and if they come in and sweep you, you're you're done. You're screwed.
0: And that's where this plays pretty well for for Detroit, right? Those three teams are going to play each other. You know, the Red Sox, the Orioles, and the Blue Jays are going to play each other a lot, and they're going to beat each other up. And if you know, if Detroit takes advantage of the, the, the AL Central, that first wild card, even if they don't win the division, right, that first wild card should be theirs. So really, you're playing for AL East champion or second wild card.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's, uh, it, and none of us want the wild card. Like, none of like, who wants a one, right now, actually, if the season ended, say that's actually pretty funny, is that they would be playing a play-in to play into the play-in the
0: play-in. The play-in and the play-in?
1: And that's why I laugh, like, so we, we, you know, we, we talk about the the, the shows. But it's, it's every single day, Dino asks, so who do you want pitching the playing game? Since when do you think, if you're going to be in the playing game, since when do you think you can set up your rotation for that? That's a great it's point. Awesome. It's like you're
0: fighting tooth and nail, right? Like, yeah. you you could almost have to go right now and project out the rotation to mm-hmm. the last game of the season mm-hmm. and and see where you're at cuz and knowing that you're going to you're going to take advantage of of getting every and I know how he's pitched but every price and uh, Porcello start that you can in that stretch. And I yeah, say You have to set up the rotation
1: right, right now essentially cuz you have that day off before the wild card game. Yeah. You have to so that it's either you can either go with Porcello or Price like but one of those is going to
0: get the playing game. No matter what the the it, it'll work out that way if they
1: i mean you hope how do you know that those two aren't pitching the last two games of the season like i i don't know that far ahead like if they're pitching the last two to get you in they're not pitching the playing game
0: <laughs> yeah but i i think that the i i well i don't know you it's, it's absolutely true i totally agree <laughs> and then Stephen wright takes it and and they true palmer ants
1: yeah how funny but, with that
0: I, I mean let's talk about palmer ants for a second
1: biggest start of his career is tonight.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what it feels like, right? He's you know, he, he's not been, I mean, he he's not been great, he's not been horrible. He's,
1: he's been, he, he hasn't he hasn't been great. He, he even again, we talk about Snake Bin. Even when he was great, he gives up a two-run bomb to Julio Iglesias. Iglesias. <laughs> Julio. Jose. <laughs> Iglesias. Julio Iglesias. Uh, <laughs> um and that's just—I mean—that's terrible. Like you, you he's never—he's is... never hit a home run over the Green Monster. <laughs> like, and he basically—well, I, I should say that because remember Christian Vasquez Oh man, him. that thing was a bomb. At,
0: at what point, Paul, does does Pomerantz turn into Jeff Soupon?
1: You know, that's a great question, and. <sighs> It's a couple more starts before you do that. And the other thing that you get with Pomerantz is you still get them next year and the following year. Yeah. Um, if this year ends up not working from an adjustment period, hopefully things work out in years two and three. Uh, but, man, I don't know what it is. It's like Mark Melanson, like when I saw him traded at the deadline, <laughs> I was just like, this guy, guy. Like, he, he was awful us
0: well and it's scary he was great before right right he came he was awful and then he was immediately great again
1: right Uh. i think there's a lot to the saying that like it's just it's a it's a different place it's hard to pitch in boston for some reason
0: now do you think it's hard i mean i i don't know i haven't really looked at home road splits but just like the um is is it hard to pitch in boston because of the media market the fans or is it is it actually hard to pitch in Boston, knowing that you you're in such a potentially different hitters type park, where it, it it you pitch, you know we we always say you know hitters you know can take a different approach at Fenway than than other parts parks, and sometimes that's good for your swing, and sometimes it's bad for your swing. Right. right. I, I wonder to like is there a mentality with which you know like coming and pitching at Fenway changes your mindset as a pitcher. And that it's really hard for a pitcher to readjust that mindset when they go back out on the road. Like, when you know what I mean? it's Because it's such a confidence and, you know, I don't know. It's like a, it could, a, yeah, a I don't think that any... plays that plays on a home course, Paul, that is really tricky, right? And, and you have to play certain types of shots but not others or, you know, whatever. And then if you're – does that mess with your swing? And it might, right?
1: Right. If you, if you go could. and play
0: elsewhere. I just wonder if that's kind of – is is the this you know pitcher struggling partly Fenway Park?
1: If, if possibly, I mean, it very well could be. I mean, I also think a lot of it has to do with the media and the and the fan. I don't want to say the fans. The fans are very supportive until until, like, you, until all, you stink once. I don't think stink once. <laughs> uh, or but, in Clay
0: Buckholz's case, stink lots.
1: <laughs> right. By the yeah. way,
0: remember last time I did ask you if if Clay Buckholtz was going to contribute to one win in the remainder of the season. And he did. And he did, Paul. So he did. hey, kudos, <laughs> cheers to Clay Buckholtz.
1: Yeah, he did. Three <laughs> shut shutout, innings.
0: And you know the question. There's the there's the Brian Bannister question, right? Right. Um, it, it, can he make a difference? Uh, and it. Who knows? I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez pitching better. We haven't talked about but him I, yet, I, but look, he's hes coming around. Doug pitched well. Even Joe Kelly wasn't horrible. Um, you've got, like, so if he could just fix David Price, which maybe he's done. And, and we just haven't seen the fruits of that labor yet. Um, yeah, I
1: don't, again, like, I mean, I think if you look at David Price, it, he, he hasn't been terrible. He's just had, he's been terrible for a little bit of a, each start. All like at the seems. wrong times, right? Right. He's he's put, he, since his beginning of you know just not really pitching well. Yeah, he's put together. I mean, in this stretch when he's been losing, I think I read somewhere that he's got a three point five ERA. I mean, if he finishes that eighth and ninth inning, if he does pitches a complete game the other night, his ERA is three point nine nine. Like, did you ever think that his ERA would get to three point nine nine? I, I mean, it's still at four point five. because hope, I, he hope, gave that up. It, I oh. hope
0: that it would, but I did. I yeah. and I thought that it could, but given the way that he, you know, it feels like he's pitched. That's surprising,
1: right?
0: Um, if this team, so look, for a long time we said if this team could only pitch well, they're a playoff team. But they, you know, they they have pitched really well the last two weeks as a Listen, team. They the pitched team... really well.
1: The team now, from a starting standpoint, has a competitive team that could actually pitch in the postseason. Like if and they could they could pitch
0: Price, to get you there. Now now can they can they lock down and win series in the postseason? We still have our questions because we don't we haven't seen David Price go and be David
1: Price. And he's got right? a career two two and seven I yeah. mean he's actually winless in the postseason, right? Or the or he might have I don't know. He's he's not a very as a starter I think he, I think he has two wins as a reliever that yeah. uh, first year uh, when he shut down the Red Sox, but if Price can fix himself, which he's on his I believe he's on his way. Um, Porcello's done nothing to I mean you have to be confident every time even last night I mean he gives a three solo homer he gave up four hits I'll, I'll, three, of them, three of them went five hundred yeah. feet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he gave up four hits for a collective fifteen hundred yards.
1: <laughs> it, but at the same time, it, you know, you got to be. I'm confident every time he takes my right. I mean, there's movement on his pitches. He's just he's pitching with a lot of confidence. Well, and
0: I'll tell you, Paul. The one the one thing I know is that if he gives up three runs, he's still going to be in there in the seventh, right? Like he's That's not going right, to get knocked right? out. He's going right. to he's going to he's going to find his way through, and he's going to battle. He hasn't taken the knockout punch. Really, I mean, I can't recall the last time he's taken the knockout punch.
1: And you think he's knockout. going to sometimes, like you're like, oh, this is this is not going to be good, and then yeah. he just settles in and and he deals and he gets he gets you to that seventh eighth inning every time, yeah. which is um, a lifesaver. I mean, you could actually be looking at a pitching rotation where, where right is number four because the way that um, Eddie's pitching now, Rodriguez yeah. is, is he he has gone through a couple – like. Seattle. Uh, they had played the Cubs late into the night. Lost a heartbreaker. They flew across the country back. They could have been a little tired, but he di- he was dealing. Yeah. I mean, he, he was he pitched an unbelievable game. Um, I forgot. Before. We're not hearing about
0: the pitching the, the tipping of pitches. No, nope. anymore, right?
1: No. Nope. Uh, so he's he he. Yeah, I mean. They've settled the pitching a little bit. I mean, yeah. Drew Pomerantz is is now your number five. I mean, he's not even on, pitching in the postseason, and he he was the big big guy that we got. But I mean, that's the truth of the matter. Is now if you can stabilize the bullpen, if they can get to the postseason, they stand a chance. But what, what they're going to have to do, just like you said, is they're going to have to deliver. They they're going to have to. They can't be if you if they put up the stinker because the hitting's not going to be there in the postseason for the for, for the Red Sox. They'll hit. They're not going to be putting up nine, ten runs a game. You just
0: don't do that in the postseason, right? So now that we go back to the last two weeks, the pitching's been there. Do we? I mean, do we feel like uh, that that they're they're good enough to pitch them to the postseason? Did we answer that? I mean, are I they think, good enough? I like, think... is that is that the going concern right now? Because it, I don't think no. the lineup is a going concern. I think that they're slumping.
1: But I think that's going to like plump. that. Like, yeah. the this. pitching needs to step it up a little bit in 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 this uh, because the hitters are going to be tired. They're they're the ones playing every day. They're the ones in the yeah. field. They're the ones batting every day. They're the ones like the pitchers have four days off in between, so they have to step it up a little bit uh, because the hitting is during this run. I mean, they play twenty seven games in a row at some point, like after this Monday, I think. Um, that's killer with a lot of travel in between that's that's hard on the hitting staff that's gonna be hard on David Ortiz who has no feet that's gonna be hard on Hanley Ramirez who has no wrist uh, Dustin Pedroya you know it plays 110 percent every time like you know and he's out yesterday and takes a day off like you're gonna have to give these guys rest and so you're not gonna have the powerful lineup top to bottom.
0: Imagine, Paul, where this team would be if they didn't have Sandy Leon. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. I, I was just happy we didn't trade him. <laughs>
0: oh, Sandy Leone.
1: By don't the tri- way, speaking don't of... Don't strike <laughs> when the high end's high, on <laughs> yeah, Sandy Leone. That's
0: a good point. Well, you know, if, if, if uh, Christian Vasquez were hitting in the minors and or Blake Swihart weren't going to need surgery on his ankle.
1: Which oh, that's another. Yeah, uh, they that didn't even touch on that. That was a fin- another fantastic um, medical diagnosis yeah. by the Red Sox it's, it's, staff. He's going to be
0: out a couple days. <laughs> the, no, surgically <laughs> repaired ankle. <laughs> um. <laughs> the
1: things I love to hear. Seeing a foot specialist in North Carolina. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> um,
1: well, that it, took a turn.
0: It's interesting. <laughs> you you wonder if that injury. L- l- let's say they never did the outfield experiment. He doesn't get hurt. Um, uh, what does that do to the trade deadline? This you know.
1: Oh, this this but, trade line is totally different. If Blake's Whyard, Sam, Sam Travis's knee—that's a good point. Uh, I,
0: you totally forget about Sam Travis. Right,
1: I mean, it's a totally different um, trade deadline, and you probably do have enough to get sale without Benintendi you know, that's a good, and I, Makata.
0: It, that's a great point on on Travis because that's you know a lament that I didn't hear mentioned much leading up to the deadline, um, but totally accurate because when you look at all, all the talk about you know the the farm system you don't hear his name anymore because he's shelved for the year uh, right. but he, he's you know top five and, and near I, major league I, what, ready like he was
1: Brian, he, Brian Johnson like even yeah. I mean if you want to go like even though all the pitches haven't worked out um he's a pretty highly regarded and had to take some time away from the team for uh some issues from the from the carjacking that he had and and trying to stabilize themselves, pitched pretty well on the way back, but again, not someone that you're not going to trade him because he's not of any value right now.
0: Right, right. Uh,
1: a lot of the people came off the board, but they're going to go back on the board. The issue now with someone like Swihart is it's almost like the, the tables are turned. You got to almost hope Vasquez starts hitting, and someone kind of falls in love with the defensive catcher that can be serviceable because he's the one. I think that you'd get more for than you would with I mean Swihart you're going he's going to have to come back and prove that he can catch number 1 on that foot. Yep. Um that he can still hit and put weight on it and there's a whole process that's going to have to happen. That that injury sucked. And I, when that happened, I I was I'm still shocked he walked off the field. Like <laughs> did- help or not. I like that was that was a terrible terrible um looked like a terrible injury.
0: What did you what did you make of the smoke around Jonathan Lucroy, and what that meant for the, you know, the, the catching position, the confidence or lack of, and Christian Vasquez is bat full time or the, the future prospects of uh, Swihart, because you, you did have an option on Lucroy for next year, or you, he wanted to renegotiate, right. And extend. So you would think that he might not just be a one and done type player for you. You're making a decision at the catcher spot that there was some interest. First of all, do you think there really was some interest, or was it just like playing the market, right? Um, and if there was interest, what's your take on, on how the organization looks at this you know, group of catchers that they have right now?
1: Well, it's interesting because I'm trying to think. Was it the game that after when they sent Vasquez down, was that when Wright threw the fastball and gave up the grand slam or three the three-run, whatever it was in the rain? I don't
0: remember the timing.
1: I think it was, but I'm not – well, there was clearly a situation where Vasquez went against the manager, it seemed, because he was immediately sent down um, after the game, uh, and they were kind of going in another direction. With we, we, I mean, the, the easy thing was, like, we didn't want to put Sandy Leone on waivers. Right, you know, right. We, had, and, we but, had to protect him. Yeah, but <laughs> they were pissed at, at Vasquez. So Vasquez might have burnt a bridge within – that managerial staff um and i don't think they want him back right now uh but that doesn't mean if there's a new regime that comes in that he doesn't get a clean slate and can start right. over again because we've seen that has been successful i think right now if they could have gotten Luke Roy and they could have got him for a reasonable place i mean at that point i don't think you even have to worry about trading that v- vasquez is the perfect backup catcher right like yeah at He's going to go and play great defense. Uh, and, but at that point, yes, it's Swyhart. You, you know, you're trading him. If yep. you picked up Luke Roy, you're, you're trading Swyhart. But again, and, and isn't you, Luke Roy if, what you hope
0: Swyhart could be as a catcher? Like, isn't he a pretty good, like I, athletic, good hitter, yeah. you know, yeah. like
1: average. Yeah, to I, above I mean, average I would point, even you know. say that, you know, they might even have a higher upside for, for Swyhart than, than what Luke Roy's already done. And Luke Roy's great. Uh, it's just, I think at that point you, you're not Blake Swihart's either your everyday catcher. Like you can make Vasquez be a backup catcher. Yeah. But Swihart's either your everyday catcher or he's trade bait. Like yeah, I would agree. That's with the that. only that's the only thing you can do with him because he's the, I don't want to say he's that talented, but he's got that much potential.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, and, and especially when you have that much that much ability on the offensive side, right? Like right. that changes the the conversation. Um, well, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 like it's just such a such a balance, and I'm glad that we navigated the trade deadline, um, and kept this intact. Between how much future this organization has ahead of them, we've I mean, we just went through the you know, talk about young kids that aren't on the roster, and we know that the core is young, right? right. That that's here now. This is now. why I
1: don't care about. It. If we make the playoffs this year, I mean, I want. Well, look, to make the here's, play- the, here's the. But I didn't want to sell the farm to get to the playoffs for David Ortiz's last year, or whatever it may be. Like, if they're going to win, win organically, get there. True. Um, but no, the future is so bright from a positional standpoint. But but let's not
0: undersell the the David Ortiz's last year point. It, not in so far that ceremonially we need to do that. There's a big hole in this lineup next year when David Ortiz isn't there. Um, that's going to need to get filled, one way or the other. Like I it's think it's
1: not going to get filled. I mean, like so you're not going to fill it. You already have to know that you're taking a step back. There's one David Ortiz, and David Ortiz is the best DH in the history of baseball. Um, Edgar, he's Edgar Martinez is number two, and he was yep. a pretty damn good. One. Um, well, I
0: guess the, I guess my my larger point is so if if Hanley goes there, that's not a one for one trade. But like if Moncada comes up and plays third and becomes a you know, a, a a real thing like th- yeah. then then I could say maybe you've you know you're you're transitioning that well. You, maybe you can do it without the need of a an, an Encarnacion or Jose Batista,
1: which is what I hope they don't do. I, like I don't want those to, to invest the money in those people.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's it. Th- I think the the win now because you have Ortiz at the center of this lineup, does have some, a little bit more merit just because of how well he's playing. Now, look, let's talk about Ortiz for one quick sec, Paul. Um, he's, he's in a bit of a slump, right? That's, yep. Uh,
1: Which is to be expected. I mean, he,
0: he, <laughs> he's Yeah, he's not going to go through a season without a slump. Um, mm. Do we worry that, you know, he used up all his bullets to get here? And that the body is just doesn't have it left. I mean, that's the reason that he's walking away. But I
1: wouldn't say, yeah. But I would, I wouldn't say that he used up his bullets. Like no. I don't think he could have paced himself. Like when if your body breaks down, it just breaks down. Like I don't think, I don't think. Well, he could think have That's swung, it. I, 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 I don't, I don't think, think he could have, have saved. Long in April and May. Um, he certainly is not hustling it down the line. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I forget there was one double play where it was like. He, he, it, it was a critical point, and he grounds it <laughs> in the double play, and he he made it like five steps out, and yeah, right. you, you don't even fault them for it at this point. No. <laughs> um, I guess you just wonder, with the wear and tear on his body, when it, is, do you see a slump that he can't get out of, right? Because no. the body just doesn't allow it, or... Is there always going? You know, are we going to have? Because I guess where where I get sentimental about that, Paul, is um, I hope we didn't see the best out of David Ortiz at the beginning of this year. That there's still some more to come because I want to see it in September. Like I, I want to, I, wanna, oh, I, I, I wanna appreciate want it when it's happening. That moment that you know, like I took for granted the first couple of months of the season with him at this point. Like that's how I feel. It, it was just so much fun, but I, I want. I want to see that happen in September and know that now I'm watching it for the last time. You know what I mean? If that makes any sense. No, it um, makes perfect. It's. I, I, but I uh,
1: also think like if it – it doesn't have to – like let's say they're not in the playoff run, you know, and they're not. No. And it's September, right? It doesn't matter if he plays a great September. It really matters if he plays a great last series. Like, you know, like that's how you kind of want him to go off now if he gets to october you know and, and we and we do make the postseason then september doesn't even matter you could suck in december if he has a great october yep <laughs> it, you just want you want his last game is your last memory of him to be something special and i believe if anyone can do that it's david ortiz like he he, he, can,
0: he can will that to happen
1: <laughs> yeah
0: um, um well what else haven't we touched on, Paul? I mean, I feel like we've we, we've hit we've hit the the you know, most of the major about points.
1: potentially like the Red Sox should fire John Farrell. Oh no, know.
0: no, no! We should we should definitely spend twenty more minutes on uh, <laughs> on John Farrell's status as manager of the Boston Red Sox.
1: Yeah, I can't um, believe that one slipped our mind.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, but we but we could play this game for five more minutes. Uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll allow it uh, as long as we go this way. If the Red Sox did fire John Farrell.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, is there any reason not to go with Torrelo? Yeah, there like, is.
1: Like,
0: is there is there someone that the or is there, you know?
1: It... Well, so it's been talked about, like, right? So, and I've kind of got on. I've always loved this guy. I have a real soft spot in my heart. He's from when he Bobby was with Valentine. the Pirate. <laughs> yeah. <Valentine. laughs> From when he was with the Pirates, he looks—he actually looks younger today than he was when he was managing the Pirates, if that's possible. But Jimmy Leland, like the fact, like there was just some things. Like he doesn't travel with Detroit, but he was in Fenway. You know, he went there. Um, him and Dombrowski's hired him twice. Yep. If if it was something like that, if it was uh, what's his face from uh, Jack McKeon, that you we no, were you you eighty year olds Paul. Well, no, I don't, what I'm saying is we you and I before I moved to Florida in yep. 2000. Went to, to Fenway, the Gabe Kapler. Yep. Like be, they'd, they'd, get the Marlins. Like they they won what? Like twenty to something? Yeah. And then yep. like the next day was like eighteen to like it was crazy. And then the Sunday game that we went to was another blowout, and Gabe Kapler, I think, it finished the week with forty-two home runs. <laughs> it was it was <laughs> unbelievable. So and then what happened right after that series? They fired whoever the manager was and they brought in Jack McKean yep. and they w- ended up winning a world series. And I'm not saying like that's definitely going to happen, but like something like that and Dombrowski, I, I don't know if Dombrowski did that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, With the Marlins? No, like, Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not even going to say it was him, but it, so my point is that that's about the only move that, I mean, cause you're not going to go out there and get what you're not gonna bring Joe Torrey. Like that's not going to happen. Right. Like, uh, so it would have to be someone like Jimmy Leland, and the only way I do that is if I'm Dombrowski and I know that Tori Lavello, the Lave, lavulo <laughs> is not um is not my guy going next for year yeah well. yeah and and if that's the case then i just i, I just do the the clean sweep like well it's
0: you know like the 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 example that I gave with the manager so having you know kind of adopted Manchester United as my soccer team um, sure. This year, right from the get-go, there were calls for Louis Van Hall to be fired, um, and there were multiple candidates out there that were popular choices that were free agents, you know, big-time, you know, soccer coaches, um, and you know Manchester United stuck, stuck with them, stuck with them, stuck with them <laughs> through the end of the year, uh, made their arrangements, uh, didn't make the in-season move got their guy going forward, right? Like they, they planned it out well, but they basically, in my mind, sacrificed this season mm-hmm. by not making a change mid-season. They didn't make Champions League. They didn't acquire, you know, achieve the goals that they wanted, primarily, in my opinion, because they didn't make a managerial move. But they were able to secure the rights to the guy that they wanted, brought him in to build for the future, right? So kind of, I, I think it's interesting. Um, if the Red Sox know who they want, for the future. And they just can't bring that guy in right now. What Manchester United couldn't do that necessarily that the Red Sox can do is give the reins to Lavulo for the end of this year. And it's still sure. not going to be a a, a downstep from Farrell. It's it's at worst, it's even Steven.
1: Exactly. Well, first you no, that's you have to ask yourself what how what is the negative of removing John Farrell? Like, what is the potential? Is that, like, I just
0: don't I don't know what it is, Paul. I don't there's know.
1: There's none. The team... Is the, the team, team- going to be pissed? No. No. <laughs> no. Are they going to play harder? Maybe. Are they going to not play harder? No. No, They're not going to no. do like what they did with Joe Kerrigan back in 2001. Right. You know, when they fired Jimmy Williams. Like, I mean, that, that team had a bunch of crazies on it. Uh, <laughs> that, was, that was also the same year that... Just to remind the fans at home, <laughs> steroids are not. We refuse to trade Trot Nixon for Sandy Sosa <laughs> because, because he was gritty and a dirt dog. Was, so. Oh, Trot! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but no. So I mean, there is no. There's no downside. In my and sorry, John Farrell, there's just no downside to firing you. You're not bringing enough to the table that is going to be a big loss, like you know at all it, the only thing that can happen is the team can get better, and if it gets worse, it doesn't matter because- That's, that I think
0: that sums up If it gets worse, it doesn't matter because at this point, you don't think it's that Farrell's going to be the reason that you make the playoffs, right, right. So if you make the change and it backfires, well, it, it doesn't matter.
1: And here's the other thing. like I mean the, the talk show circuit or whatever it may be, like if, if if it's announced tonight, like they lose tonight and they say, okay, well, John Farrell is it's no longer the manager. We're going to give the reins over to Torrey. Um, and it doesn't work out. In October, is sports radio going to be like, yeah, this is uh, Johnny from uh, Southie. Uh, you know, Fire and Farrell, that's what blew the seat. No one's going to call and say that. Nope. No one cares. No, it's not, no one's gonna no one's gonna say that was the breaking point of the season. If they kept Farrell, well, they could have still been mediocre. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but but Paul, they do mediocre with such flair, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Such flair. Um. All right. Well, Paul. Look. By the way, that was not my best Southie impersonation. It was not. Kind of. I no. kind of had a Rhode Island guy in me, and then I went Southie. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but um. Um. So, Paul, by the time we hit next
0: show, right, Feral Watch, with the team or not with the team?
1: He is not with the team. By our next show. we're not do a show before Monday, right? Yeah, we'll that's probably right. Do a, we'll probably do a show on Monday. In a reaction a new... to the firing. Yeah. Will you
0: bring the streamers and the, and, and the bubbly or shall I? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ooh. everyone. Thanks for listening to episode number 14 of Down by the River. We'll be back with our streamers and our bubbly next week day. after the firing